Good, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, tonight we're starting a brand new sermon series called Basics. Everybody say Basics. And we're going to have a lot of fun looking at that. We're going to look at that for the next eight weeks. Um, however, before we dive into that tonight, I want to kind of recap what we talked about last week, because last week we kind of gave you a roadmap of where we want to go as 5979. And I want to kind of go over this again just to kind of refresh our memories and for those that were not there to kind of show you what we want to do. We basically talked about that we want to create a certain kind of environment here at 5979. We want to create a certain kind of culture specifically three different cultures that we're trying to create. So let's see whether you guys paid attention last week as we recap this really quick. Number one, we want to create a culture or community of, does anybody remember? Like family, yeah, family and friendship. We want to create a culture or community of family and friendship. And we talked specifically three things underneath that, how we treat one another, how we let new people treat our family, what we allow on our campus here, and how we treat new people. So we kind of talked about all of that, and we want to really create this kind of culture. Now here is how it looks like when we create a culture of friendship. That means when somebody comes in for the first time, they kind of get to know someone. When you see someone coming and walking and you're like, hey, I don't know them, we should go up to them and really kind of introduce ourselves and make them feel part of our family. We want to create a culture or community of friendship and family. Second thing that we want to create is a recap. We want to create a culture of continual growth, meaning that you always, as you walk in, are ready to grow in your walk with God. And there's really two things specifically that we kind of mentioned. Come ready to want to grow, meaning when we go into the Word, be ready to say, Jesus, what is it today that you want to speak to me? And then secondly, I want you guys to start thinking about where you can serve in 5979. Next week, we're going to give you a little kind of sheet that will tell you what areas, again, you can serve in, and then we want you to sign up. So we'd love for you guys to do that. Thirdly, the last way of what we're going to, the kind of culture we're going to create is a culture of honor. And we talked about five things. I'm just going to read through them really quick to refresh you guys. A culture that honors the presence of God, a culture that honors the word, a culture that honors what Jesus did on the cross, that honors the leaders, and honors one another. Now, this is where we're going. We're going to continually talk about this because when you come in here, this is what we're going for. We want God to move, and I think when we create this kind of culture, God can and will move. Amen? Amen. Now, great. So that, now that we've covered that, let's go ahead and see whether we can grow together tonight as we look at basics. Now, what does basic actually mean? Here it is. Forming an essential foundation or starting point, fundamental, essential facts or principles of a subject. I think this really defines it all, but in order for us to excel in anything in our lives, we need to learn the basics, the fundamentals of anything. If you want to be good at a game, if you want to be good at a job, if you want to be good in anything really in your life, you need to know the fundamentals, you need to know the basics. And if you don't, you will probably not succeed. As a matter of fact, I put this in your handout. If you want to succeed in anything in life, you have to take the time to learn the basics of that specific skill set you're trying to excel in. Growing up, I played a lot of volleyball. And one of the things that we did over and over and over again, sweet, give me that, awesome, thank you. So anybody else play volleyball? I know mostly that's usually girls, so I'm going to talk to the girls and the guys can just pretend I'm weird. In Germany, we play volleyball as guys, so I did. I played it for years, and you know what we did for the first two to three years? All we did was fundamentals. All we did was basics over and over and over and over again to the point where I'm just like, can we just play a game? Now, we did play some games, but it was mostly, if we had a two-hour practice, it was like an hour, an hour and a half of just fundamentals, getting it in because if you know your fundamentals, you can win the game. 
If you skip that step, guess what? You're never gonna be good. So we did a lot, a lot of fundamentals. And honestly, any sport, anything that you wanna be good in, you have to know the fundamentals. And it actually is the same in your walk with God. If you don't know the basics, if you don't have the fundamentals down, guess what? Your walk is probably not gonna be long-term. You're probably going to fade out at one point because you did not learn nor apply the basics, the fundamentals of Christianity. Mike Bickle said this, Radical Christianity is not going on a missions trip or a big conference. Radical Christianity is staying steady for decades. And if you look around you on what it really, nobody is steady these days anymore. Nobody stays consistent for a long period of time. And that's really radical, which is sad. But we need to know the fundamentals and the basics, and then we can be steady. Michael Jordan said this, talking about fundamentals. When I was young, I had to learn the fundamentals of basketball. You can have all the physical ability in the world, but you still have to know the fundamentals. How many of you guys would agree that Michael Jordan was one of the greatest ever, greatest basketball players ever? And what did he say? He needed to know the fundamentals, and he did that a lot. Larry Bird, another guy, another basketball player that you guys may or may not have heard of. I wasn't real quick, and I wasn't real strong. Some guys will just take off, and it's like, whoa. So I beat them with my mind and my what? My fundamentals. It's important that we know the basics. If we don't know the basics, we will not succeed in the game. Another guy, he said this. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the turn burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been built well. But the one who hears it and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. And the turn burst against it and immediately it collapsed and the ruin of that house was great. Now, obviously, the guy that said this is Jesus, and you can find this in Luke chapter 6, verse 47 and 49. It's about the foundations and the basics. Unless we have a solid foundation, our walk with God, we will not succeed. This is why this series is going to be so important, or has the potential to be so important in your life. As we will be teaching on this for the next seven to eight weeks, it can change your life. Now, I tell you this, it won't change your life, unless you do something, because all of us are going to hear this, because you're going to be here. But if you just listen to it, guess what? It's not going to do anything. But if you apply what we will teach, I promise you your life will be changed. It's about the basics, it's about the fundamentals, and we do that, we can actually do something great. So where do we start? Where's the starting point? Actually, the starting point is this. Everything starts and finishes with Jesus. Our foundation the first thing in, in all of the basic stuff that we're going to be talking about is making sure that our foundation is Christ and that we build our life on Him. And what I want to do tonight for the last few minutes that we have together is literally tell you and show you why some people don't pick Jesus and why some people will, and we'll cover that part next week. So I want to do that just for about 10, 12 minutes, talking about the subject, and you can see this on my shirt. It's going to be called Pick Jesus, and we're going to dive in here in just a second. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are in this place. Holy Spirit, I come out of dependence upon you, and I ask that you remove me from behind this pulpit. Speak to us tonight. Change our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pick Jesus. You know, the idea of picking people is really kind of brings up a lot of bad memories uh, with me because in junior high and senior high, our physical ed teachers always had this great idea that, you know, when you form teams, you had to pick them. And they always picked one guy to pick the teams, and I usually wasn't the guy that got to pick people. 
And the problem was that people get picked according to a certain standard. I don't know whether you had the same thing, but for us it was like, first off, you got picked by whether you were popular or not, right? And if you were popular, you got picked because people wanted to get in with the popular crowd, or if you were popular and you didn't want to get out of it, you picked them. And the second thing why people picked people was skills, because someone was good. Now, see, my problem was that I was not popular at all. I was really the complete opposite of that. But I did have skill. But that still didn't help me. I'm, I'm really hurt on this because it really kind of, you know, it just did something to me when I was 15 years old. I cried myself to sleep at night all the time. I'm kidding. I really didn't do that. That's, it wasn't that big of a deal. But it did kind of hurt a little bit that everybody got picked but me. I think we should get away from this whole picking thing. It's terrible, right? Actually, it's good. It toughens us up a little bit, so it's not too bad. But here, here's the deal. We pick people all the time, and again, it was, for me, it was skill and popularity. And at one point, my teacher, he was awesome. I really liked him a lot, and especially at that moment, I liked him because, again, I, I hadn't gotten picked again, and so he literally stopped the whole picking process. And he, he stopped and said, hey, listen, I don't understand why, why you guys don't pick P.S., and obviously, he didn't call me P.S., he called me Stefan, because uh, that would have been weird. <laughs> but... Um, I don't understand why you guys don't pick him because he is really a game changer. And I, I just wanted to yell out, yes, I've been thinking that the entire time. It didn't really change anything, but it felt good for him to say that. So anyway, we all pick people. And it doesn't feel good when you don't get picked. Have you guys ever had that, the experience of being the last one picked? Never? You're missing out. You need to have this experience. It's awesome. And you know why? Because there's someone else that actually knows how this feels. And now I, I hope you don't get this experience. But Jesus knows how this feels. Jesus knows completely how you feel when you get picked last because he always gets picked last as well. Think about it. Many times in our lives, he's the last thing that we pick. We pick everything else before we pick Jesus. As a matter of fact, I thought it would be fun if we do like a 2017 draft really quick of the five top people that we would want on our team of life to succeed. If there was a team of life and we had the chance to pick five people or five sets of people, which five people would you pick and I want to give you 30 seconds to 60 seconds to write this down. There's on your handout. Just pick five people, five sets of people. Future or present doesn't mean whoever you want, you can put them on there. These are the five people that I want on my team, and I know if I had them, I would succeed. Go. Again, you can pick anybody. They can be dead. They'll just come back just for you. Yes, George Washington. You can pick anybody you want, anybody. in terms of make, helping you succeed in life. This is the team that you're gonna build around and they're gonna help you to succeed in life. Which five people would you have on your team and they would change your life forever and help you? Okay, so Sabrina wants a millionaire, someone that has a lot of money, is that what you're saying? Pay for college? All right. But that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. Anybody that you think will really help you succeed in life. Samantha, I think you're taking this way too serious. Just write five people down. <laughs> it is kind of serious, I suppose, yes. Don't stress out. I won't ask you, so you can just write your five people down. Somebody put a dog on in junior high. That was great. Yeah. You have a friend for life, right? So, I mean, I, I guess that's what it was.
And I realized I called you Samantha, Kyla, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Yeah. I was talking to your sister, but I called your sister. Yeah. But I was looking at her, so that kind of didn't work out quite well. All right, five people. Here's who I would put on my team. Number one, I would put Jesus. He would be my first draft. If you don't have it on there, you know, you should have kind of gotten the memo by, you know, me wearing the shirt and everything. But so that's number one. Obviously, my family, uh, my friends, uh, you know, coaches around me that I would like in my life. Again, sets of people. And then um, obviously the church family. Those would be the five that I would want on my team. Here's the truth. Most of you guys probably did put Jesus on there, but it's only because we've been talking about this a little bit. If I wouldn't have mentioned it, you probably wouldn't have thought of him. You would have left him out. You would have thought of everybody else that's important but Jesus. See, he knows how it feels when no one picks him. As a matter of fact, I think sometimes he gets put on the bench quite a bit. And I think it shows that we don't value him quite as much as we say we do. Now, you would say, well, hold up, yes, I, I love him, he's my everything. Sure, but he's not your main priority, is he? Think about it for a moment. Is he your number one pick? Would he be the one that you would draft first, or would there be a ton of other people that you would pick before you pick him? And this is precisely why we're doing this two-week sermon series on Pick Jesus, because he needs to be our number one draft pick. So here is the question that we come back to. Why do people not pick Jesus? Why would people not pick him? Why would you not pick him? I think there's three reasons why people do not pick Jesus, and we're going to close up with these three things, and I want us to think about this. Reason number one is because Jesus is not relevant in my life. People don't pick him because he's not relevant. They don't believe him. He is just, he's nothing to them, and their whole thing is, I can live my life without Jesus. And the truth is, you can live your life without Jesus, can't you? There's millions of people out there that live their life without Jesus, and they may even have decent lives. The problem is eternity. Because in eternity, there's something that changes in that, isn't it? You should have picked Jesus if you want to spend eternity in a certain place. But again, is Jesus relevant to you? Here's the deal. I put this on your handout. God will not be relevant in your life till you make him a priority. Unless you make him a priority, he will not be really relevant. And when he is a priority, everything else kind of falls in the line, and he is the center. He is your number one draft pick. Second reason why people don't pick Jesus. He's an unpopular choice for a teammate. An unpopular choice for a teammate. It's almost like we put Jesus on our team when it's convenient for us, but when it's not, he kind of gets benched right away. Have you ever done that? Have you ever benched Jesus? Peter did in the New Testament. Remember the guy? He was an apostle. He was one of the disciples. And he was with Jesus. He saw Jesus do every miracle and was there when, when people got raised from the dead, yet he benched Jesus in the most important moment of his life, or one of the most important moments. Jesus was about to be crucified. He was in front of the Sanhedrin. And then they go to Peter and say, hey, Peter, aren't you part of this crew? Aren't you part of Jesus' crew? And what does he do? He denies him three times. It wasn't convenient for him, so he benched him. Have you benched Jesus before? because he was not the popular choice at the moment. When people look at you when you talk about Jesus, do you stop talking because you feel like no one really wants to hear, they don't care, and you just stop because it's not popular? And you let them tell you anything? This is always the fun part to me. We stop talking about Jesus, and then they start cussing around us and doing all this stuff, and we don't say anything. You can talk about Jesus, it's okay. It's not a bad thing. My son and I, we were grocery shopping the other day, and it's funny when you learn something from your son when he's five years old. But I learned something interesting from him. We went to Aldi, which is a grocery store, and it's a very, um, 
small kind of grocery store. And so you kind of go around and it's easy to bump into stuff because everything is really tight. And there was a family of a couple of people there, a mom with like three, four kids, and they were going around and somehow they must have bumped into this stand full of pants, pants and everything and they literally just went all over the place, like everywhere. And so my, and my little man and I, Zadok, we were kind of running around and he sees this and without me saying a word, he jumps on and starts helping them. Now, if you know Zadok, he's never met a stranger in his life. So number one, he starts helping right away. Number two, he starts talking to them right away. And not like, hey, who are you? Like he literally goes in a full-blown conversation, just tells them everything he talks about. And literally within 30 seconds of the conversation, oh yeah, and I have all these Bibles in my house and you guys should come over and read the Bible with me. And he just starts talking with them. And I'm thinking, oh, this went way too quick into the Jesus conversation right here. But he didn't care. Jesus is everything to him. And, and I think it should be that simple in our conversation with people. Where Jesus just, he didn't think at all about it. He just thought that was normal. You talk about Jesus, you talk about your love for the Bible, and they should come and read it with him. And I think it should be the same for us. Where Jesus is always there, and he just gets thrown into the conversation, and it's really not that big of a deal. Are we benching him for being an unpopular choice at times? The third reason why people don't pick Jesus, and I think it's for unreasonable hate. People just hate Jesus and they hate the ones that follow him. Maybe they hate Jesus because um, in their mind he disappointed them. Maybe they hate him because they, they heard something that Christians are mean, they're haters, and, and their moral court is against anything that the world stands for, and therefore I hate Jesus. I hate what he represents. I think it's unreasonable, but that's why people sometimes don't pick Jesus. In Luke 21, verse 17, it says this, all men will hate you because of me. Those are the three reasons that I think people don't pick Jesus. Jesus is not relevant in my life. He's an unpopular choice for a teammate and sometimes unreasonable hate or unbelief. But how about you? What is your choice going to be? Is he going to be your number one draft? Is he going to be your everything or are you going to conveniently bench him when it's not convenient for you? Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would come in this place. Do what only you can do. Speak to our lives. Make us see where we are with you when it comes to the whole topic of do we pick you always? Are you our number one draft? Here's what I want to challenge you to do this week. When you go out, when you are in school, when you are deciding what you want to watch, what you want to do, who you want to hang out, all these different things, I want you to think always, is Jesus in the center of all of this? Is he my number one pick right here, or am I putting something else in front of him? So this next week, for the next seven days, as we come back next week and we'll pick it up with part two of Pick Jesus, I want you to think about that every single time. That's my challenge to you. And how we want to close this by you turning to your neighbor and saying, hey, how can we make sure that Jesus really is our number one pick and that we always have him at the center of everything that we do. Then you guys can pray together, and you guys are dismissed, and then we'll see you guys next week.